Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch, and with me this morning, I have a couple special guests, uh, people that you may know well in our church, and that would be uh, Jesse and Stacy Benedetti. How are you guys? Doing Good. great. Thanks for having us here. Good. Good. Jesse, you just kind of stumbled in here. You didn't know what you were doing here. You no, just... I'm kind of shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a microphone was yeah. in your face. So <laughs> Not the first time. Yeah. <laughs> no, they are here to talk about uh, Tatum's gifts uh, and how God is using that to um, not only bring foster children into homes, but also gospel opportunities reaching to these children. So I'm excited that they are here. And uh, thanks, guys, for, for joining us this morning. Thanks. So uh, to get us to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got involved with Tatum's Gifts and and what is Tatum's Tatum's Gifts um, for those who don't know you guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Tatum's Gifts started uh, 2014, and we were in the process of doing foster care, and one of our first placements was Tatum, but we were getting quite a few respite placements and things like that. And we just saw, um, a little bit of a need there. Um, kids coming with nothing. And as our transition in foster care kept going, um, we were, Tatum was transitioning full time back to his mother and kind of at last minute, she decided that she would like us to adopt him. Hmm. And when she asked us to adopt him, of course, we were pretty excited and we thought, how can we give back to the foster care system and, and continue to do things to help kids, um, they go into homes with nothing and that's, we started with ideas here and there and it kind of just blossomed into this backpack idea. Um, the whole idea was to remain gospel centered with it and put a Bible in it. Um, Jesus storybook Bible for little kids and a, um, a Bible for the other kids, the older kids. And, um, it was designed specifically to deliver that message and, to pack backpacks together with the community and sharing a meal with them and pray over the backpacks and just be an all-inclusive kind of process and bless the kids, bless the foster parents, um, and bless social workers kind of in the whole process, Mm. but deliberately to share the gospel message. Mm. How about you, Stacey? How did you, how did you process that when, uh, you guys were, were thinking about not only fostering, uh, Tatum, but getting into the business as well um well fostering was exciting and scary so we were going through a lot of emotions when we started doing that process and um, we didn't know any other you know close friends or have any other family that had done anything like this before so we just felt a little like out there Mm. so it's kind of scary to um, start something you had no idea what you were getting into but it was just amazing to see how painfully awesome doing foster care is and um yeah and I think when Jesse came up he actually came up with the idea of doing the Tatum's Gifts nonprofit, and um we just went with it it was kind of exciting and fun and it started we just thought it would just start here at Sun Valley and be this small thing that we do for kids in Yakima and God had other plans and now we um the state of Washington is divided into four regions um in foster care and Um, So we have, God has grown Tatum's gifts to cover, I think it's seven counties and, um, and sustain that. So it's been pretty amazing. 
So you guys, you guys started out just wanting to foster kids, just be foster parents, and you mentioned that it it turned into you actually starting an organization mm-hmm. of you know, other people fostering yeah. children, and yeah. you wanted it to be gospel centered. Where did did you just feel a burden to do that, or was that during the fostering process? Did you did you see something within? in the fostering system that just drove you to say, we need to, we need to do this. I think Jesse started it. You started kind of the idea because you can tell it, but you were, t- he had a couple of high school students that, uh, and oh. baseballs, ba- athletes that needed it, maybe needed a place to stay. And so mm. that's where you can yeah. tell that, but that's well, kind of where Yeah. There's a kid that I, I don't, I think it's called McKinney Vinto or something where kids are kind of homeless, but they could be bouncing couch to couch or, okay living with relatives or whatever. And we had talked about possibly bringing him into our home. And at the same time, Stacy was discussing the same thing with a child at union gap. And mm-hmm. we said, if we're going to do this, we need to make sure we're um, covered, so to speak legally by, you know, getting a foster license and, yeah. and becoming foster parents. And it, it tugged more at Stacy than myself. I, um, I probably came along a little reluctantly, um, until she came home with a baby, and then it was all hands <laughs> on deck. Where, where did this baby come from? <laughs> so it was That's very, really how it, it is. Yeah. They just show up. Yeah. It's just this crazy, amazing thing. The first one, uh, Tatum has actually brought to us. Stacy took on Tatum as respite and went and picked him up during halftime of Riley's I think junior year football game and brought him back at the end of halftime. Wow. So beginning of a game, we didn't have a child, and um, at the end of the game, we were taking one home. <laughs> And he never left. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, that is so cool. I would say also after doing foster care, being involved for a few years, that we've just seen so many kids that have been rejected and shunned, mm-hmm. displaced, abused, neglected, used, even thrown away, disregarded, violated, and the list just goes on. Um, but it's usually not just one of those things either. It's sometimes a combination um, but these kids are all around us. They're in our schools. They're, you see them at the store. They're our neighbors. Um, most of them are born into single-parent families that have little or no support. And many of the kids are born into lives of addiction and violence and dysfunction. Um, some of these kids are actually the result of sex trafficking, prostitution, rape. Uh, many, if not most, have mothers and fathers that weren't even cared for themselves as, as children. And so they're having children that they don't know how to take care of. Um, these kids just can't take care of themselves, their children. And so they are totally dependent on the help of others to get them out of these situations. And, um, so that I think the, the biggest burden that we feel as Christians though, is that they're not just orphans in the foster care sense, but they're spiritual orphans and they mm. just need a savior. Mm. Yeah. What a beautiful picture, a heartbreaking mm-hmm. picture. Yeah. Uh, and a beautiful opportunity as as Christians to, you know, heed that call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, so you just you guys just mentioned that you, you've seen some pretty dark situations, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you've seen some kids who have who've gone through gone through the ringer a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you how do you guys keep a gospel centered focus? During those times, I couldn't imagine that's that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. I would assume it's 
easy to get angry and bitter and, yeah. and frustrated. But how do you mm-hmm. how do you keep a gospel centered focus when you see those situations? Well, I think um, we we really couldn't do it if we we weren't. I mean, mm-hmm. the strength that the gospel provides and the church provides, the people in our church um, coming alongside is is huge. Um, there's a lot of negativity in the in the foster care system because it is broken a little bit, and, and you can sense that people are upset here, or upset there, and and then you go into these situations where the kids are um, in such a poor situation, just can't, you just can't help but want to help. But, um, I think being gospel centered and having, um, a support group like the church is Mm -hmm. just such a big deal. And, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think people realize that even just the slightest help with, whether it was a meal or babysitting or whatever the case may be, encouragement, prayers, um, those are things that really, um, strengthen us, strengthen. I mean, it's it's a toll on your marriage. It's a toll on your other kids. Mm. Um, it's a it's a process, but it's a, such a blessing. And mm-hmm. we can do it. We can give that kind of mercy and grace without first being, receiving that ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just flows from from the gospel and the church through us into the kids. Hopefully, yeah. prayerfully. I would say that um, just knowing that brokenness doesn't get the last word because Jesus came into this broken world. He lived mm. the, our, you know, lived a perfect life. He died the sinner's death. He rose from the dead. He conquered sin, which includes all those things that I mentioned before, you know, selfishness, abuse, neglect, addiction, addiction, and violence and death itself. And he did this for anyone who would trust him. So, you know, those who are lost can be adopted into the family of God and given a new life in Christ. So that's a, that's the hope that we have. And and I guess that's what drives us and and sustains us. And at the end of a terribly difficult day in foster care, the reality is, is that hope keeps us focused on what's important. But I would also say that just trusting in the sovereignty of God in all things is major. I mean, in foster care, one of the hardest things is watching a child return to the same life they came from when you really believe that that's not what should be happening. Um, you just ache for that child and you wonder if they're going to be hurt again and you want them to be safe and cared for and especially in a place where they can be taught who Christ is and how much Christ loves them. But we just have to keep reminding ourselves um, that the truth about who God is and trust his sovereign control because he is all powerful and he is mighty to save and we know that none of the people can be snatched from his hand. Um, That not not even a hair on her head can be lost without God's permission and and his you know, his character, his attributes, he's gracious, he's loving and kind and merciful and on and on. And I mean, God gives these children, I mean, he loves them more than we do. Mm. And so, Mm. and he loves them better than we could. And so when hard things happen, we just have to find our, our rest and peace in those truths. Mm. You know, Stacey, when you were, when you were just mentioning this idea of adoption, you know, these, these foster kids are coming out of broken situations and, and Lord willing, it may lead to adoption like it mm-hmm. did, did for Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of this passage from Galatians chapter four and, uh, Paul says this starting in verse one, he says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child is no different from a slave though. He is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the day set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. 
But when the fullness of time had come, come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir mm-hmm. through God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really cool with that that uh, passage and the whole understanding of adoption. They, they adopted children, uh, at least from what I understood, understood from doing a Bible study on it, was that they had more rights than <laughs> your biological children. <laughs> and you could not, you know, you you could not lose your rights once you were adopted. So it's a kind of a picture Mm -hmm. of the gospel. Like once uh, God has rescued you that, you you know, you can't lose that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a sweet, Mm -hmm. sweet reminder, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not only just trying to help these kids out physically, but the end goal is... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. spiritual yeah. restoration and adoption mm-hmm. yeah. using the using the physical needs meeting the physical needs to sure. try to reach the spiritual needs yeah 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 that's awesome yeah man that's such an awesome i can't like i'm just <laughs> that picture of just like mm-hmm. a, the adoption process of yeah brokenness and, and lost and mm-hmm. not having anything and a family taking them in and just the picture of of God doing that mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. us through Christ. Yeah. And the idea of being a slave to sin and as a child, you're just trapped, mm-hmm. not only in sin, mm-hmm. but you're just, you're trapped in this life of dysfunction and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what are some, what are some things that you guys are hoping to achieve this year, the remainder of this year, I should say, um, mm-hmm. uh, through Tatum's gifts? Yeah. Well, uh, like Stay said earlier about the departments that um, we've extended to through Yak- outside of Yakima, we have Top Nation, Sunnyside, and Ellensburg, Goldendale, and White Salmon. Walla Walla. Walla Walla, and we're adding Richland. Wow. And so with each one comes, you know, stock and more inventory and things like that. So um, soon you guys are going to be national. No. <laughs> no. We, uh, we have, <laughs> that's the whole region. So that's how they've divided it yeah, for foster care. Yeah, and okay. so, <laughs> okay. yeah. but actually we do, I mean, there is, there has been a couple of times where it's come up where people from outside of that region are interested. And so oh. you never know if God's going to use us to do something like plant this idea in another region mm-hmm. where other Christians are doing this type of work. It's interesting too, just how it, how the word of this travels. I haven't even told Stacy this today because I haven't seen her till now. But um, <laughs> there was a um, a lady, or our uh, secretary in our office, ended up selling her motorhome to a lady who had two foster kids from Gig Harbor, and she had heard of Tatum's gifts, and mm-hmm. so she was uh, interested in how she could proceed with something like that. So just the, kind of the word of mouth and. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool how it works, but yeah, mm-hmm. sustaining and ad- adding Richland, sustaining the other ones is a big mm-hmm. goal for us. Um, as far as backpacks go. And I know one of the big things we want to do is add, um, we put books in there, literature for kids to read along with the Bible, but we want, um, to put the book, I believe in Jesus leading your child to Christ in the backpacks. How old under, did you say? I think I would do, this is by John MacArthur and you guys actually put this out on the bookshelf. 
I didn't even know John MacArthur had a children's book, but it is, it is just talking a parent through leading your kid to Christ. And mm. we just really thought that would be an awesome resource mm. for foster parents that, you know, are Christians or, you know, at least believe there's a God and, um, to read that to these kids. And so I think that that's definitely a goal that we have to try to purchase like 200 of those and put them in every backpack. And I was thinking today, maybe starting at newborn and cause a lot of people do read to babies and, and all the way up to maybe 12, the 10, 12 packs. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. We'd like to add that and somehow work out a way to provide backpacks also the union gospel mission. Mm-hmm. I think that would be as kids come into there with, when, in a family unit, they might be coming in with nothing. So it might mm-hmm. look a little different mm-hmm. as far as what goes in the backpack. Sure. That's an idea we we had. And um, we're always looking for ways to partner with our affiliates like Sacred Roads and things like that to do maybe okay. do an event or some sort of gig. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So things are looking up for you guys, which is exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys both look at each other like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think God is just has been teaching us through this whole process that he's going to do the work. And it's amazing to see that if you thought, where would you be in five years when we first started? Like these things would have never have come to my mind because it's just us too. And so God has just showed us that he's going to do whatever he Mm -hmm. wants to do. And I would say definitely, you know, when we get to the prayers, but just to be praying that we would be faithful stewards and continue to, you know, be obedient in the places God puts us. Yeah. Although she said us too, there's a lot of people that put their hands in on this. Oh yeah. um, Well now, but when we first started, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of help. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, you mentioned it's kind of a scary first step, right. Mm -hmm. To even think about fostering children, but Mm -hmm. maybe there's some people in the church that have had this burden to, start this process, what, what would you say to them? Um, what would be some reasons that you would encourage them? Or maybe there's people in the church that don't, don't necessarily think about it, but maybe should. Mm-hmm. Well, before Stacey says anything, cause this is kind of her passion. Like this is, <laughs> this is her gig, uh, on this question. I would just, and I know she'll, she'll talk about it too, is just that, um, we should do it because they're helpless and we need to uh, help them and show selflessness, and um, we need to be compelled by God's mercy um, and let this overflow onto onto others, whether it is foster care or elderly or whatever the case may be. But uh, we can all help and all help in different ways. And I know Stacy's got uh, a lot to say in this because <laughs> this is her. It. It this is her pages, cup of tea. Not two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is her cup of tea. <laughs> Um, well, I'll start by saying that there is a lot that I want to say in answering this question. And I've been praying for this question, actually, since you asked us to do this podcast. And I'm just praying that my words would be gracious and clear and just flow from truth. And I've also been praying that over the past few weeks that God would just be preparing hearts to hear. And, um, and I always want to start by saying that the ministry of being a foster parent isn't for everyone. But I believe that every single Christian should pray and ask God if foster care is where he wants them and then obediently respond. I mean, foster care is the type is is a mission field and God doesn't call every Christian family to move to the mission field in some hostile country. But every Christian family should have an attitude of willingness to accept such a call. 
and foster care is the same. We all need to accept being uncomfortable for the sake of the gospel. And again, we're just talking about the gospel and that's what motivates us to care for the poor and needy. And we provide for others because that's what Christ did for us when he radically changed us when we were in sin. And if we don't meditate on that part, first and foremost, then we're never going to have the compassion of Jesus to care for others. Um, one passage that comes to my mind is Matthew 25, the judgment of the sheep and the goats. And when he talks about the least of these in this chapter, he's referring to other believers and how we should care for them when they have needs. And we cannot be Christians and fail to help our poverty-stricken fellow believers. So asking, you know, how does Matthew 25 apply to foster care? And um, I thought about this for a long time, and um, we're called to share Christ and to make disciples. And there are people out there that we get to find and minister to them and provide for them, love them, and invite them into our homes. Um, I prayed all the time when we were doing foster care that God would send his chosen children into our home so that they could meet the great physician and taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. In regards to Matthew 25, Charles Spurgeon actually says this great quote. He says that the saints fed the hungry and clothed the naked because it gave them much pleasure to do so. They did it because they could not help doing it. Their new nature impelled them to do it. They did it because it was their delight to do good, and they did good for Christ's sake because it was the sweetest thing in the world to do anything for Jesus. And I'm, that's just an amazing hmm. quote to me. Um, I also wanted to talk about like what our mindset should be in regards to foster care when we're looking at James 127. That seems to be like the most frequently used verse um, for people talking about foster care. Um, so the passage is religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit, which means to oversee orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. I mean, the most practical application in regards to visiting or seeing the needs of orphans is to do foster care. I can't think of a more practical <laughs> application, I guess. But this requires us to be selfless um, because looking after orphans and widows is not an option for the church. I mean, we are to step into the mess and be present with those who are suffering, all the while keeping ourselves unstained. Um, Christians have nothing to fear and ultimately nothing to lose. We need to live our daily lives as though we have the greatest hope to offer this world. And being a foster parent will be uncomfortable and hard, but taking risks for the sake of the gospel to the glory of God is the ultimate privilege that we have while we're in this life. Um, I read an article recently by Rosaria Butterfield. She wrote that book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Yeah. I haven't read it, but um, it sounds You read the article. I read the article about it. It was shorter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot shorter. Yeah. Uh, but she made some really good points about hospitality, and I think that is a word that we should consider regarding foster care mm -hmm. for sure, but also homelessness and when we're talking about the women at Life Choices or the kids at Sacred Road and their yeah. families. I mean, no matter where you're plugged in, yeah. hospitality is a serious truth that I think we should really meditate on. And um, so she made some good points. And right off the bat, she's, um, I think the article is titled, The Best Weapon is an Open Door. Hmm. And she says, um, how do we open our doors to the world? Being available to neighbors means cutting back on your entertainment, indulgences, building in a margin of time, in your day and budgeting to feed more people than, in, than those who share your last name. Hmm. Make sacrifices for your unsaved neighbors that mean something. Go out of your way for them. 
Um, now we know from experience, Jesse and I, that being a fostering family definitely means all of those things and more. Um, life for these children is hard, and our homes are literally the bridge between the church and the world. So mm. um, our homes are more like hospitals where we can show and tell what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hmm. So just as simply by showing hospitality through foster care, we get to share Christ with so many children. Well, to jump in there, that's seen with you guys because your relationship with Tatum's mom, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Wow. You, you've adopted Tatum, but now you have actually a really good relationship with his mom, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. 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 So there's, I think there's that bridging of the gap is, yeah. is you take this foster kid in and now you're not only sharing the gospel with Tatum, but you can now share the gospel with countless others. Yeah. And that is definitely my heart's desire is mm. to, um, those who want to do foster care to just encourage them to have compassion for these birth families. Yeah. And, I mean, they, I never, ever met a mom with a child that we've had in our house that didn't love their child Hmm. um, the best that they could love them. They loved their children. And um, God doesn't allow us as foster parents to be in the lives of all the parents, but um, God has allowed us to just bring her into our family. I mean, she is a part of our family. And for Mother's Day, we made her this big poster and our entire family put their handprint on it and left hmm. a place for her so that she could hang hmm. it up and wherever, you know, in her place. And, and God also allowed us to, um, meet Tatum's grandma and hmm. a couple uncles and an aunt and cousins. some cousins. Yeah. And they, I mean, it's just, it's, God is being so gracious because they just embrace us and they're all African American for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's definitely a lot of stuff out there about white people having African-American kids, but this family, man, they, they loved us. And grandma Paula, we call her. I mean, she was so thankful. She had never seen her grandson. Hmm. And for us, we initiated it. we figured out through social media. There are some good things about social media. (laughs) And we were able to figure out, you know, who his family was. And we contacted her and asked her if she would like to meet him. And we flew down and met her in California. And then we had the, she moved to Las Vegas and we had the opportunity to go to spend Christmas with her in Las Vegas. And yeah, that's been a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Just in, it makes your family dynamic all God's plan. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So there's, there's obviously opportunities in which people can be involved and Mm -hmm. sometimes that may not mean, you know, bringing children into your Mm -hmm. home, but it may mean giving. It may mean serving Mm -hmm. just as much as it would for, you know, missionaries where we pray and give and and Mm -hmm. serve and maybe go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. That was, that's, that's helpful for me as I, as I process this, just to have, okay, what are ways in which I can be involved? Mm-hmm. Um, so what are ways we can pray for you guys for the remainder of the year and looking forward? Well, uh, like Stacy said before, um, just that we'd be um, good stewards with um, God's money as people donate and things like that, and to be um, focused on following his will and his goals for what what he has planned for us rather than making our own plans, mm. so to speak, tend to 
I tend to get caught up with that, with wanting to do this, this, and that. And uh, instead of just waiting on letting him do it because his his plan is much better than mine. Mm. Um, but opportunities to partner with gospel-centered centered churches are great. That's a, a big prayer of ours, um, whether it means uh, doing a drive there or um, speaking or whatever the case may be, um, just being around um, other believers and, and encouraging other believers mm-hmm. um, to foster, be a part of the foster mm-hmm. system. There's a lot of kids in Yakima that are found out yesterday that are getting shipped out to other areas just because there's no homes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happening all across the state, actually, that they're, um, you know, if I still remember when we were getting calls from, from the Tri-Cities, that means they've tried the Tri-Cities. That's where the child's from. They've tried probably uh, Sunnyside, uh, Toppenish. Yeah, and then they're making their way up to Yakima. And so wow. having uh, more families, uh, Christian families, is, is doing foster care. Mm-hmm. It's a big prayer of ours as well. Um, and then the God will continue to protect Tatum's gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind yeah. of our big, anything you would add? No, that's perfect. And wisdom, just praying for wisdom and decision-making. And cause it's fun to hear ideas and come up with, you know, these things that seem amazing and exciting and just that excitement to share Christ with people and finding different ways to do that. But too many ideas and you know, sometimes that's, it's better to have one idea and do it well. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. So just wisdom and yeah. And I I definitely praise, I'm just so thankful for, um, not just Sun Valley church, but the group of people from Sun Valley church that are on our Tatum's gifts board Mm. and their support, um, not just with us doing foster care, but their support of Tatum's gifts and, um, man, they're, they seem to really have a heart for it and they have, the conversations that they have with people. And I mean, it just seems, it's amazing how God uses people and the word just goes out and, and God does this amazing work. And yeah. So. Well, one last question. Okay. <laughs> one last question. So somebody wants to get involved. Somebody wants to start fostering. What, what do they have to do? Do they have to meet a certain, age requirement do they have to have a certain you know uh, financial income what's what's the what's the process look like for that yeah it's actually um pretty big process actually you you do a home you fill out a packet of information like you're buying a house okay um seriously that's it's a lot lot of questions and it's it's deep into your background and um a lot of questions about your kids and uh, they'll do a home study, make sure your home is safe. They'll talk to your children uh, if you have them as well. and uh, But make sure your home is safe and, mm-hmm. and meets those standards. And you got to take uh, some classes. So it, it's not an easy process. And I, I honestly think it's just to make sure that you're going into it with... As prepared as possible. Yeah. Yeah. There, It's... You really... I we, This is why we have a heart for Christians doing foster care, because... You really need to believe in the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. because it's they're in your business. The gov- mm-hmm. the state is in your business, and they know they want to. You know they ask questions that you don't want to answer, and um, so there is a home study. They come to your home three times, and there's this long list of checkoffs that you know your home needs to be safe and secure, and you know, with your medications and the doors and pools and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lady will come, and licensor will come three times and and check those off. That's kind of the beginning. They run background checks, like full fingerprints, mm-hmm. the big ones. And and then you take a class, and I kind of want to 
I don't remember. We've only done this one way. There are other ways to be licensed, but we've, we've just went through the state. So that's all I'm familiar with. And I feel like it's 26 hours of class. And okay. I think you have to do that within 10 days or something. Okay. It's been a while. Um, and then you can specify, you know, if you want a certain age group, even a certain gender, um, you, you, de- you definitely have to have certain vaccinations and flu shots if you want to ages two and under. Um, but again, you know, it's just trusting, you know, taking a risk and trusting that God is in control, um, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's a good and necessary process if you want to get started. Right. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Jesse and Stacey for coming in and, and sharing a little bit about your heart and, uh, the ministry through Tatum's gifts. It's been a huge blessing for us. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Well, friends, if you are thinking about getting involved or wanting to get involved in any way, um, we have two great resources here at the church, and that's Jesse and Stacy. So talk to them on Sundays or throughout the week, and I'm sure they would love to get you plugged in. So, uh, Church, we love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.